You were raised to believe the world was black and white. But what if it isn't? What if the rigid belief system you have never questioned is wrong? What if the world is actually a lot more gray? This show is for the seekers, the explorers, those brave enough to step outside of certainty and question everything. Join your hosts as they sit across from the world's leading thought leaders, visionaries, religious gurus, entrepreneurs, philosophers, and more to tackle difficult topics. You don't need all the answers to find meaning in life, but you should be free to ask all the questions. This is Figuring It Out. Hey guys, this is Jackie. Welcome back to another episode of the Figuring Out Podcast. This has to be my most anticipated interview to do for our podcast. And when we arrived at the studio in Nashville for the interview, Travis looked over at me and says, babe, I'm really not feeling well. You think you do this one? So of course I said, yeah, I got this while literally dying inside out of complete fear and terror. So this did end up being my first ever solo episode, guys. So bear with me a little bit here, but I truly can't wait for you guys to hear everything that Whitney had to say. Let me tell you a little bit more about Whitney. Whitney grew up in Texas playing soccer and running track. She was a decorated athlete in both in high school. So she grew up a complete tomboy. While in college, Whitney became a professional surfer. And then a friend randomly asked her one weekend if she wanted to participate in the Miss USA pageant for Texas. So she took the week, decided to run and only prepared in that little bit of time. But somehow she came out with the Miss Texas title and then went on to become the Miss United States in 2012. Her goal was to show girls that she can win without looking like a Barbie. And I would say that I definitely think she accomplished that mission. After handing over her title in 2012, she decided, why not go about the complete opposite way that you can and decided to go try out boxing from the pageant life and did boxing and Brazilian jitsu for the next couple of years. And now her most recent shift in careers is becoming a country music artist. I am truly amazed at how Whitney never backs down from her fears. I absolutely love how honest she is on her social media about those fears, though. She doesn't avoid them or say she doesn't have them. She just acknowledges that they're there and doesn't let them stop her, which I think is absolutely incredible. We cover a wide variety of topics in this episode, but we mainly focus on facing your fear um, and facing them head on and not allowing them to debilitate you, which is something I have to say that I can identify with more than I would like to admit. Looking back on my life, I can pinpoint several times that I wouldn't even allow myself to try out something just purely out of the fear of failing. So this episode hit pretty close to home for me. It's also why I was actually very proud of myself for facing the fear of interviewing solo in this episode with Whitney. You definitely want to make sure you listen to the entire episode to the end because we cover a wide variety of topics from pageants to boxing to open relationships and how it molded her into the person that she is today. I feel incredibly honored to call Whitney a mentor and a friend. So without further ado, here's our episode with Whitney Miller. Awesome. Well, Whitney, I'm glad to finally be sitting down with you. It's so funny. So literally when we were talking about starting this podcast, you were actually the first person I had in mind that I was like, I want uh-huh. to get him. I'm like, I want to get Whitney on. Like she's like the perfect person for this. So I am so excited to have you. So thanks for coming. Yeah, (laughs) thanks for being here. And it's amazing that you're here in Nashville and it just worked out so perfectly. Which is funny though. We're high-fiving because you're flying to Vegas tonight. I know. Which is so funny. I know. (laughs) I'm like, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. So kind of give everybody context here. So um, how I came across Whitney was, um, she's actually my relationship coach for um, a little bit of time back a couple of years ago. But something that I want to talk about a little bit with Whitney, so a lot of, um, for the listeners, kind of give context. So obviously you were Miss USA, did the whole 
pageant thing queen. <laughs> then you went to MMA and did boxing. So you, yep. you know, started over completely different context there. And now you're doing singing. So you're releasing this next month. So yep. kind of just give us a little context. I would love to know, like, obviously we have kids. What was your childhood like growing up? Obviously you... <laughs> it's funny because people talk to me when I look back at my life. It's so interesting because I do tend to reinvent myself yeah. and just kind of follow where my heart wants to go and follow where my happiness wants to go. And I think even growing up, my parents always told me, Whitney's going to do what she wants to do. Yeah. You now she's just going to go off and figure <laughs> it out. And I've just never been the one to take someone's word on something. I'm like, I just want to feel it and experience it and see how it is for me and see what rings true for me. And so... I grew up in South Texas. My parents divorced really early on. So I've never known them together. But we've always had like this beautiful relationship to where everyone's all at the holidays together. It doesn't matter if we're divorced or there's ex-husbands or ex-wives there. Everyone's welcome. And, and I think I had that modeled to me in a really cool way. I, I super appreciate that. So even today, I'm friends with almost all of my exes. That's you awesome. know, I try to yeah. maintain that type of relationship with them if it feels healthy for both yeah. of us. But I was always doing sports, just constantly with, with sports. My dad raised me from fourth grade on, and um, we were just always on the water, sailing all the time, surfing. And then in high school, it was just, what can I compete in? What can I go and try and learn <laughs> and do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have two older brothers, two half brothers who were very athletic and very competitive as well. And so I think, obviously, seeing them do that. Yeah. They used to call me CJ, Colin Jr., uh, which okay. is my one of my brothers I'm super close with because I would just try everything that he would do. Okay. From like <laughs> springboard diving to like BMX riding Jeez. to like anything. And so I think it was just like this super fun yeah. aspect of me that was like, okay, fine. I want to try it and see that's what happens. Awesome. Yeah. What is your age difference there? 10 years. Ten year. Oh, so still even 10 years. Okay, mm -hmm. that's awesome. One thing, so touching on that, which I feel like we talk about a lot and struggle with, with did your parents always give you a time period of like when you tried, you tried something to try new sports or anything. Did you have to commit to it to, for a certain amount of time or you just, you just, no, I just went for it. I remember my dad always tell us the story of me wanting to uh, try out for the swim team. Okay. And like, I'm short and little, like <laughs> I don't have, I'm just not like a swimmer, you know, but I yeah. was like, I'm pretty good at sports. So I'm just going to give it a go. <laughs> Man, I went to like two practices on the swim team. I got my ass beat. <laughs> like, I could right. not believe how hard swimming from one end of the pool to the other end of the pool was. And that was, he was like, well, at least you tried it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I had like the swim hat. I had the the swimsuit. I was ready. I at least looked the part yeah. and then I got so in the pool. you went to two practices and you were like, no. Nah, I was okay. like, this is not for me. <laughs> so then, okay. So post that then. So how did you get into the pageant world? What like brought you to, to that part? Well, I had done a girlfriend of mine I was playing soccer. And one of my best girlfriends, Sarah, who I'm still really close with, this was back in high school. She said, hey, why don't you come do Miss Corpus Christi Teen with us? And I was like, uh, okay, I guess yeah. like, we'll try that out. And so I did that. And that's when I was 15 and one, which was awesome. Yeah. And then went to Miss Texas Teen USA and just totally bombed it because I was then trying to be the pageant girl. I was trying to give them the pageant answers and show up in that specific way on how I thought the judges wanted me to be. Yeah. And I am not good at that. Like that is just not, it comes off weird. And yeah. I think people can really tell when you're not authentic and genuine. And that was me. And um, decided I never wanted to do it again. And was like, well, that was a cool, fun experience. Yeah. 
Then in college, I'm competing in wake surfing. I'm teaching wakeboarding. And like, that was just my life. And I, again, a girlfriend of mine called me <laughs> and said, hey, Miss Texas is coming up. Miss Texas United States is coming up. Do you want to compete? And I immediately said, no. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just dumb, you know? But then I had this, it sounds so cliche, <laughs> but I had this like little voice in my head that was like, if you don't do this, you're going to regret it. And like, why not? Yeah. Just go do it. It was in the best shape of my life, I felt like at that time anyways. So it wasn't like I had to do a whole lot with that big portion of it. And it was actually the following weekend. And so I borrowed shoes, heels, dress, like anything that I could get my hands on. I was filling out my bio application, like on the way to Miss Texas and made a promise to myself that I'm going in there as Whitney. I'm not going in there as like pageant Whitney yeah. or who I think they want me to be. I'm going in as like solely myself and we'll see how that goes. And I think it was something that they caught on to. And yeah. one of the judges was, was like, you're such a free spirit. Why why are you doing pageants? Yeah. And I said, because of that reason. Yeah. I'm not here to be pageant patty. I'm here to be someone who just wants to go for life and experience life in all of the ways. And if I do win this, I want the little girls to be inspired by that, not inspired by some sort of story that I feel like I have to fulfill or yeah. tell. That's amazing. I love that. That's an, honestly, I think one thing that I respect the most out of you is you don't, you, you've tried a very, like several different, obviously avenues and things that you've done, but you're still you. And I think that's like the biggest thing. But I also, and I want to touch on that too. I think something that I respect the most about you is the fact that, because I look at you and I think like Whitney has zero fears. Like the, oh, everything that you do, I'm like, oh my gosh, but you're so open. Like if, if you follow Whitney on Instagram, you'll still listeners like you, you will see that in you is like, you own the fact though, you still have those fears. You just don't let them cripple you. And I think that's so incredible that you do those things in those situations. Yeah. You know, I am just now getting to the point to where fear doesn't cripple me because my biggest fear my entire life has been singing and I've been paralyzed in that my entire life yeah. until even now it's still like palms are getting sweaty. I'm like, gotta pep talk myself. I have to remember why I'm doing this. I have to anchor to my why. I have to like really, really push myself outside of this mindset of you're going to die if you get up there and sing, right? And so that's been my biggest probably transformation. Now I feel like I'm in one of the biggest like initiations, I guess, of yeah. sorts in my life now. But yeah, people do tell me like, you just don't seem like you're afraid of things. It's like, I am absolutely terrified most of the time. Terrified. Yeah. But my favorite feeling in the entire world is right after I do something that I'm afraid of. Yeah. That, whatever that is, if I could just bottle that up and yeah. keep it, that is my favorite feeling in the world. So I try to remind myself of like, yeah, I'm really, really scared right now, but just wait. After. Yeah. Just wait. That's like, amazing. I love that. That's incredible. Okay. So then, so you, so you went on then obviously one, so you won Texas and then, and then you won Miss yeah. USA. Mm -hmm. So then after that, you obviously did the whole year and traveled into all that stuff. But then what made you then want to do MMA? Like, that's so... <laughs> What? I know, right? So crazy. Why? <laughs> I even look back like, what a weird idea I had. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was my ex-fiance at the time, Aubrey Marcus, owns on it. And so we were building that and doing that whole thing. We had a bunch of fighters coming in and I just wanted to stay in shape. Yeah. And so I started doing like kickboxing mm -hmm. to stay in shape. And I had just had like a natural ability for it. It was something that I really enjoyed doing too. And yeah. So I did that and uh, started with jujitsu. Okay. That I hated for the first two months. I was like, this is BS. Like, <laughs> why does anybody want to do this? 
And it was just because I was constantly getting my ass kicked, yeah. you know, but after I got over that hump, I realized that I loved jujitsu. And yeah. it was just something that I wanted to not only challenge myself with, but I wanted to challenge the societal narrative too yeah. of, you know, oh, this pageant girl. Now, usually a lot of the times when you hand your crown over, it's like, oh, you're going to get married and have kids now, which beautiful path if that's for you. Yes. That wasn't for me at that point. I was yeah. 22 years old, yeah. you know, and I wanted to like, I don't know, go do things. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just realized like, okay, what is something that can really challenge myself and, and the world around me? And yeah. it was, you know, Miss United States goes on to uh, take a fight. That's amazing. And I knew it was going to be challenging internally, like physically, mentally, and all of the things. And it absolutely was. I went to full fight camp. I did some fight camp out in Thailand as well. Wow. But my full training was with Tony Jeffries in, in uh, Santa Monica. Okay. And it was very hard. Very hard. I mean, talk about that, that fear going into the rings. I, I literally couldn't think, I, I can't imagine that, like fathom that of going into that. What was that feeling? And then after the fact, because I know someone just recently asked you, would you go back and fight yeah. again? And you were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. So what, what was like that whole process then? So I think really, you know, getting ready for a fight. Yes, it's physical for sure. But me being an athlete and coming from a background of, of sports, that didn't bother me as much. It was more so the mental aspect of it and, and gearing myself up mentally for it. Because yeah. yes, because it just weighs on your psyche. Yeah. Because it's just constantly there. What happens if this happens? What happens if this happens? If she does this, what do I do? If I get knocked out in front of all of my friends and family after doing a huge like YouTube series and everything on it, like, are they still going to love me? Am I going to be a failure? Yes. How is that going to go? And yeah. I remember Aubrey actually we had this whole plan that if I get knocked out, I was just going to raise my hand. And I knew that if I just raised my hand afterwards, people would cheer for me. <laughs> and so it was just like, okay, it's a win-win. You win -win, know what I mean? Yeah, even if you get knocked out, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, I remember being, you know, back in the locker room and hitting mitts with my coach and just feeling like everything was coming together. Yeah. At perfectly as it should have been. I was hitting like super sharp and super fast and, there was a point though I had this, I couldn't have Aubrey give me any sort of like love or attention during training okay. because it was already such an emotional thing for me, getting hit in the face and all of that, oh, that yeah. you have to really be composed. And yeah. so for me, if someone gave me comfort and like, hey, you're doing a good job, I'd be like, oh, I'm not, I <laughs> you know? And so I just had to like sit in my, in my own mind. And he, we were walking out to the ring and he put his hands like on my shoulders and I almost started bawling, crying. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't, right don't touch don't, me. Yeah, exactly. Um, but really, you know, I just knew that me even stepping into that ring was an accomplishment yeah, in and absolutely. of itself to go through that. And and it was so much fun. It is. I mean, yeah, give yourself credit for that for sure. Yeah. I think that's incredible. I think most people would never do the pageant thing or do the MMA thing, but you did both of them. <laughs> so now coming, okay, full circle. Now you yeah. obviously, crazy, you literally just picked up your life from Austin, moved out to Nashville to pursue what you said is your biggest fear, singing. Yeah. So, I mean, walk us through that process. Oh man, it was, it's, like I said, this has been the biggest initiative that I've, that I've gone through for sure, but it was something that I knew I had to do. I just couldn't give myself another option, you know? And I still have all the fears of, oh, you're too old. You're, you know, you're behind the curve. You're not good enough. You don't know enough people. You don't know all of these things. I mean, they call Nash year a 10-year town for a reason, Yeah, you know? That puts yeah. me at 43 years old, Yeah, you know? It's yeah. like, hmm, <laughs> okay. that is 
old when it comes to music in the entertainment industry. It just simply is, you know, but so getting over like just some of these narratives that I'm, that I have built in my head. And I just knew it was like, I have this one life to live and I've done all of these other things that have been great accomplishments, but it's just to scratch that itch of this one thing that I always wanted to do. And it would kill me if I was on my deathbed and thought that I couldn't do it. It would, it was just, the thought of that is horrendous to me. And so it's like, okay, you have the opportunity to, to go and do this fully. Yeah. Why not? Like, just go, just try it. And I knew that if I didn't try to move through this fear of, I'm not going to be loved if people don't like my voice, you know, that it's an irrational fear, you know, that was, I was allowing it to play me like a puppet my entire life. And it just became so frustrating to me. And so I just followed it. I was like, there's no other option. Don't give yourself another option. See, I love that though. I feel like most people at least, so I feel like your personality is definitely more like Travis's in that sense that I just, I've let fear cripple me for sure. I was telling him it's been like a very real, big realization for me recently that I just will literally not try things just because like I like wouldn't try out for a sports team to think it was just the fear of failure. And I think that's something that I think is incredible that, which I would love. I wish I could just like get in your brain to understand because obviously with, I have a daughter now too and think that I want her to have that mindset and to have it towards not an option. Like you said, like if you got to the end of your life and had the option of doing one or the other, it's not an option. The failure would be worth it for you to do yeah. that. And I think that's so incredible. So in those situations, too, I have, so I would love, so obviously switch the conversation a little bit. Obviously you did relationship coaching for a little bit too on that end. And something that I, I'd like to talk about is kind of how you've obviously worked through all this, your relationship with yourself. Like I said, I respect that you've gone through, you don't own that you don't have the fear. You have those fears just like everybody else does, just like I do. But you have gone through the you know practices or whatever to make those fears not cripple you. So are there any practices in those dark hours, in those times where obviously you have that same fear what are certain things that you do to just be, it's not an option to not do it and you push through those? Are there any like practices? Do you journal? Like what are anything that like on that side that you do? You know, and I think just to go back on like, why is this the perfect timing for me to be doing this is because I feel like every situation that I've been through from sports, from Miss United States, from relationships, from fighting, you know, from all of that, it really showed me like, okay, here's fear, go towards it. Here's fear, go towards it. Here's fear, go towards it. And you win every time just by doing that, you know? And so that's why I feel like now the place that I'm in, I am the most prepared to walk into this fight to a certain extent of singing, you know, and of the music industry. And so I do have the you know, this sense that I can look back and realize like, okay, you're doing, you did a great job with that. And we're just taking that same mindset yeah. into, into this future. But yes, I journal. I'm, you know, I do like Joe Dispenza manifestation meditations. Okay. I'm all about the cold plunge. Okay. You know, <laughs> I'm like all about really hard workouts. And I use all of those. Like, I'm so crazy. Even when I'm working out, I'm like, CMA, I'm gonna get a CMA, CMA, I'm gonna win a CMA, you know what I mean? And so it's like, (laughs) just constantly bringing that into the forefront of my mind. And then in the the dark hours, knowing that it's gonna pass at some point, you know, like I know that I'm not going to be sitting in this forever. And I've been in some really dark places and, you know, in my past life and, and I can move forward through that. I'm going to be okay. I have all the faith in the world that I'm going to be okay. And one thing that's been huge for me is, 
is knowing and having full faith and, you know, whatever it is that you believe in, full faith in God, the universe, the divine, whatever you want to label you want to put on it. But for me is having full faith that I, whatever, however my life turns out, it was meant to turn out that way for whatever specific reason and having peace in that. So just reminding myself of that when things work out or when they don't work out. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, that's that's beautiful. I love that. So going a little bit side too. So obviously we talk a lot about relationships on the podcast, figuring it out. So we obviously talk about, you know, marriage relationships, friendship relationships, kid yeah. relationships, all that side. So obviously you did relationship coaching. So I would like to talk a little bit about that. Let's I know do you it. don't anymore, but I'd love to talk about that. So obviously you've been in very unconventional relationships, yep. you know, obviously very publicly on that side. So kind of talking about just like navigating that and then like tips and tricks you have for people. Obviously you've been in an open relationship. You've been in a monogamous relationship. So talk about the open first. Obviously I know that that's, hard for people to wrap, wrap their minds around, obviously. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing that you talk about that I love hearing about is that how much, I think don't the people go into it knowing how much it shows yourself about yourself mm-hmm. um, on that side. So just kind of talk a little bit about that process and um, what that taught you being an open relationship, kind of your takeaways, I guess, from that. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I look back at that and, and it, it was like going into ceremony every single day, you know, and constantly learning and constantly analyzing and doing all of that. But really, as you said, my biggest thing that came out of that was how much I was able to meet myself and realize how much I was closing myself off to because I was too afraid to deal with emotions from being hyper jealous in past relationships to keeping the peace all the time to not wanting to feel like I could cry or anything that that wasn't a safe place to do that. Being in that type of relationship for me brought that to the surface because there was no way that I could have, I feel like made it through that relationship without going through, you know, those dark nights of the soul to a certain extent. And so really it just showed me what it, what type of relationship do I want? It gave me huge communication skills, which I would, I don't think I would have had the opportunity to get because it's a very specific place to be in. Yeah, for sure. And it also, this is one thing that I know we've talked about this too, but this is also one thing that people are shocked to hear when I say this. Open relationships made me a better friend to girls. Yeah. I then had, I went from being the guy's girl and always hanging out with the guys group with my dad to brothers. I was just comfortable within that. And I had this idea that, you know, I couldn't trust women. And that was, it was unsafe for me to be in those relationships. They were competitive. People were trying to change me. I had to be a certain way. I didn't want that. And so being in that open relationship container forced me to have challenging conversations with other women because there were other women in their relationship from time to time. And everyone is a human being. Everyone has emotions coming into that. And yeah, it it allowed me to go from, I'm still a guy's girl for sure. But now I have such a big group of women that I can trust and feel seen and heard and supported by that. That was probably one of my biggest, biggest takeaways was the ability to get, you know, deep and and be safe around yeah, women. Them, yeah. How do you feel like, what? how did you navigate then with taking away that? Like, it's like you said, obviously having relationships with other women was always a competitive side of it, you know, because I feel like that's obviously something in our culture 
we deal with every day, right? Yeah. As a woman, you're always comparing yourself. You're always, you know, seeing what they have that you don't have at all. So how did you navigate that? I mean, did you have those conversations just with those women or did you just work on your own confidence and at that point just be like, I am me and no one else can be me and just own that side of it? How did you navigate that? Did you just have those conversations with them about that? Yeah, I mean, we had a lot of conversations. We sat down and had a lot of hours, a lot of long conversations analyzing it, you know, and taking responsibility for where I could have done better, where my blind spots are. I'm also, you know, doing therapy at the time with other people because these these are things that I need to work on. I can't just solely have my partner or my partner's other partner there to unpack all of my emotional baggage. I need someone else there to, to help me as well. So yeah, we had conversations all the time. And I think just as I was, you know, becoming more confident in the woman that I was, it it really helped, you know, build the confidence in the relationship as well. Yeah, that's amazing. That's beautiful. And that's something that I honestly like take into relationships today. Like those, those conversations, like they don't have to be long hours, hours and hours, but being able to just tell a girlfriend of yours, like, hey, you know, I'm feeling this way, you know, and like- Getting it out there. Just getting it out there always- brings the relationship closer. And if it doesn't, then it's like, why be, is that a real friendship yeah. that you want to have? Yeah, that, that, that's a great point to have. That's what I want to say is it's, that's, that's just a great point. I, I, just, I feel like that touches on a lot of things on that side. So I'd like to talk, so then obviously now you're, you were in a monogamous relationship after your relationship, right? Yeah. So how did you navigate that? And what I know you always, I love that you respect that you always say, like, I don't say one is, you know, for everybody and on that side of it. But then how did you navigate, How what was that transition from going from being an open relationship to then being in, like um, in a monogamous relationship? Yeah. Was there different challenges to go back to that? Then oh, that of course. I mean, you know, it's, I think every type of relationship comes with its own challenges Obviously, for sure. Yeah, for and sure. as you said, I'm not a proponent for one type of relationship. I am not here to tell you how to love yeah. or who you should love or how, like anything like that. Just do whatever makes you happy. And if you are in a relationship with multiple people, everyone's agreeing to it. Everyone wants to be in that relationship. Go for it. Yeah, I don't care, you know? And for me, I think being in that open relationship container was, it was much harder than I wanted to probably admit, right? And really like coming out of that is, I think I'm still learning some of that within myself. I knew coming out of the open relationship, I was like, I am going monogamous for sure. (laughs) Like, let's go, babe. Um, and so it's interesting. I found someone who was the complete opposite of my ex-fiance, Aubrey, because um, that felt really safe to me. Yeah, that's fair. And it was beautiful. Amazing. Like, he's such a good guy. And we went into this monogamous container. And it's interesting because he grew up really religious and comes with his own own mindset and beliefs around that, that parlay into relationships and how they should be done. Of course, he met, meets me, which is the complete opposite side yeah. of that. <laughs> like, good luck, yeah, buddy. Right. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Which I think was a perfect combination for us because he taught me a lot too about being in a monogamous relationship and like what that feels like. And so we were just able to go back and forth and, and learn from each other in that way. And of course, monogamy always has its challenges, Absolutely. you know, just like open relationship does. Yeah. But truth or Truthfully, for me at that time, it was easy. It was a cakewalk really? for okay. me because it was like, oh, hey, I can take a deep breath yeah. right now. You Safety know, like always having to be on guard. Almost, I didn't have to always be on guard. There wasn't always a conversation that needed to be had. I didn't have to wonder if there was somebody else coming in at any sort of amount of time. And also, just being able to close my 
own self off to the potential of other partners yeah. was really nice. Yeah. You know, true. because it's like fair. some, there's a part of me that at that time was really like chasing love and like chasing yeah. that in other people. And now I've learned that that's not what I want to do. I don't, yeah. you know, it's not love if you're chasing or running away yeah, from something. Great point, yeah. So it was, it was a really big eye-opening experience for me. And I don't know what my future holds, you know? I think monogamy for me is where I want to be. Yeah. That being said, talk to me in 10 years, that yeah, might change. Might be you know, I'm okay with changing my mind and and like I said, following my own happiness. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's beautiful. So, okay, we'll jump back then because I know obviously we're, we're running out of time a little bit here, but I want to jump into obviously what you have going on now. I want to talk a little about your risk. I think that's yeah. beautiful that you have that and now this is where you're going. So talk a little about what you have coming out next month. Yeah, so... Coming out next month is my very first debut single. Um, it's called Diamond Country, and it's really crazy. I mean, there's multiple times that I just wake up thinking, oh my God, I'm doing it. Like, yeah. I'm doing it, you know? So yeah, on July 6th, Diamond Country is going to drop. We'll do like a pre-save campaign. I don't know when this is going to be coming out or anything, but I'll send it to, to you guys yes, so you guys can... Do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it would mean the world if you guys like pre-save it you know, play it on repeat, just constantly <laughs> put it out there. But yeah, it's really just the accumulation of of me going towards my biggest fear yeah. and all the lessons that I that had to take to get me to this one point. It's bigger than just a song. Yeah. You know, it's a song that I wrote. Yeah. Um, co-wrote with Penny Painter and it's a fun party kind of summer song about being extra and not caring about it and just going for it. Very big, like, anthem, <laughs> women it. anthem one. Um, after that, it'll be a nice, sad breakup song. Um, <laughs> Gotta have both. Gotta have both. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually really good at writing sad songs. I'm, like, just pulling from all of my pain that yeah. I've gone through. So it's interesting <laughs> that I'm coming out with this one first. But what's really cool is we were talking about I have a tattoo on my wrist and it's 7 6 16 July 6 uh, 2016 and at that time I was just so fed up with myself and so frustrated that I wasn't following my fullest potential and I was holding myself back that yeah. that fear was paralyzing to me and not allowing me to fully go for the life that I wanted from relationships to singing to podcasting to whatever it was yeah. you know I was keeping myself from that and I just got fed up with myself so I went to 6th Street in Austin <laughs> And just got this tattoo to remind me to always go towards my fears and not let it stop me and, and use it as kind of like a slap in the face every time fear was stopping me again. Yeah. And funny how the universe works. Yeah. And I'm, I kid you not, this was not planned, y'all. This like totally just happened. I just finished my music video a little bit ago. June is when they're editing the music video. July 6th is the release date. Wow. That's so Isn't that incredible. wild? It's me goosebumps. I love it's that. Like, I, just, I love how stuff like that works out. Gosh, it's amazing. I, I, that's like <laughs> how I can be in awe of the whole experience. Well, you know you're where you're supposed to be. You know you're doing what you're, you should be doing. Yeah. And like that. I think that's just incredible. I yeah. love that. I'm so excited. Oh, that's amazing. Well, yes, make sure you go listen to it. And we, we will release this too. Make sure we do it right before too so we can um, have everybody make sure go do all of that. But tell people where, where can they find you? Where can they follow you on? Are you still Wit and Love? I'm still Wit and Love on Instagram and Twitter and all the things. Um, it's W-H-I-T-N-L-O-V-E. And I released some music here and there. I'll be in, you know, doing some writer's rounds and things here in Nashville live and hopefully going to have my own podcast here soon. Just, you know, keep adding things. Yes, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just keep going to doing new things. I love I it. Know. 
Well, thank you, Whitney. I loved having you. I know our listeners will love listening to this. Oh, thank you. Good to see you guys. Yeah, you too. Thank you for listening to the Figuring It Out podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. For more information about the show, visit www.figuringitout.tv or connect with us anywhere on social media with the handle figuringitout.tv.